Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bestoprods.com anime and manga podcast. As always, I'm dead. And as always, there is fucking noisy ass traffic at 10 p.m. here in my fucking town. Join me today, we have Birdie. Triangles. Yeah. They have my favorite shape. <laughs> I watched a bit of that video before like before we started. Yeah. Triangles. <laughs> I was a bit more of a rhombus man myself. Might just be the name, but I always liked rhomboids. Eh. Zero one zero 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 one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. So yeah, fucking here to talk about anime and manga shit once again. <laughs> uh, I guess in a bit of an update, Birdie actually, Birdie's uh, first impressions, like full written out thoughts on the We Never Learn anime is now up on the site. Yeah. A bit yeah. more concise into what the actual, into what your problems were with it. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> this is really quiet. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, so I honestly just want to forget that that anime exists and just keep reading the manga. Alrighty, well, good luck with that. Um, so you mentioned you had a pretty stupid show to talk about. Uh, okay, do you want me to lead off with the stupid or uh, build up to it? <laughs> uh, yeah, start the show. The showstopper. Let's go. All right. So. Anime-wise, I have nothing but Netflix did what tonight. It's two of them. And one of them, Cora had been warning me about that he had seen during its initial release that just came out a week or two ago on Netflix because sometimes Netflix will release stuff around the same time as Japan. Sometimes it's months later. Uh Ah. And so the show I'm talking about and... uh, I guess this is a first impression since I've only watched the first episode, but I will probably watch more because, oh, God, this is joyously stupid. Ingress the animation. Okay. Yeah, I have not heard about this, but based on what you have sent me being the last, being the fucking ending, and then that's it. Uh, Yeah, I, this looks (laughs) like a show I would hate. Oh, you would. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, uh, I wish Cora was on because he actually has experience with what this came from as a starting point. But uh, Ingress the Animation is an adaptation of a phone app game from the creators of Pokemon Go. It was their first uh, phone app game they made. And it's the same kind of concept with like the augmented reality, walking around shit, combat shit kind of game. Okay. The difference, as far as I can tell, being that um, everyone in this has uh, factionalized psychic powers based around one of three different colored triangles. Because, you know, triangles. Yeah. They're the best shape. Some are healing powers. Some are, you are better at guns than normal. (laughs) Others are just fire powers. (laughs) So wait a minute. So you get these fucking magic triangles and it's, I can heal your injuries. I can make fire from nothing. I have a gun. Like, I can't tell the extent of the, 
because like it's okay the green powers are healing the red powers are like fire based the blue powers are as far as i can tell gun kata so far but it might be speed related since the guy who uses gun kata serpentines around a minigun yeah okay that seems that seems like a more reasonable idea uh than than just it's like like heart fire fucking glocks like I know that I was like really into it when fucking like Madoka Magica did it. But that's just because like the idea of magical girl some like and her magical girl power is like start a cute, start a cute pose and then make a billion muskets. Yeah. Like that's just a funny visual, but the idea of the idea of oh we have all these amazing awesome powers and then one dude just gets a fucking like 45. It's like no, but you're like really good with it. Like, yeah, okay, fucking cool. I'm from Wanted. That bitch just f- shot fire out of her toenails. <laughs> and not even the good Wanted either, which I feel bad saying about a early 2000s um, Mark Millar book. But Yeah, this is the face I make when the world fucks me in the ass. Because all I got was uh, I'm good with the pistol. Yeah. Like, is it like all firearms, or is he, or is he, has, has he just been using pistols? Like, I, again, I'm only working with the first episode, and this guy, this fucking guy. <laughs> okay. Um, so, to set up the, the, the punchline of the discontinuity, um, the char- most of the character de- the character designs are made by the guy who did Neon Genesis Evangelion. Not its animation director, but like its character designer. Okay. So you kind of from that can even even if it's a, even if it's CG, you can kind of get a rough idea of what the characters probably look like. Kind of like thin and weasel and not maybe not weaselly, but like skittery. Yeah. Yeah. So, two of the main characters, uh, Sofia Coppola, I- I'm I'm dead serious, that's her name, and Makoto, kind of look like that. But then the third guy's basically just Jack Bauer from Twenty Four. <laughs> <laughs> so we got fucking Genji, his like so it's so it's so it's Genji and his mom, and then someone from Black Lagoon or whatever. Kind of, yeah. Because so we're introduced uh, to this guy who really desperately wants to be Morpheus, talking to Jack Bauer, who is his driver, before they get attacked by a small army of SWAT soldiers and a helicopter with a mini gun. Uh, their orders appear to have been capture the guy in the back and kill his guard. They succeeded the first thing, but not the second thing, considering he. Like I said, serpentines around mini gunfire and runs up a wall to throw a grenade and shoot it midair to knock away the helicopter. Yeah, and from what I saw, this is all a CG series. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that, uh, mm, ugh, fucking god. I mean, it's not as bad as the last CG series I watched because, unlike, uh, it's not. Um, what's up? What's our enemy's name? Um, uh, Polygon. It's not Polygon Pictures. Okay. Yeah, it's Production IG. 
What the fuck, man? Yeah, I know. God damn it. <laughs> like I said, you would hate this. <laughs> like fucking shit, dude. <laughs> Is no one fucking safe from this? No. And since uh, the Kenji Kamiyama, the guy who made Ghost in the Shell, is still working for IG, I imagine his next anime is probably going to be integrating similar technology. Fucking goddamn it. I mean, come on, dead man. It's not like Mamoru Oshii is going to do a television anime. This level of CG is the fucking cancer of anime. <laughs> Uh, like it is straight up trash. I prefer all CG to CG integration to normal backgrounds. Like they're both terrible. And I will, I will fucking say like agree that if a, if a thing is like fully garbage, it makes it somehow less garbage than garbage sprinkled in regular stuff. Yeah. It's still garbage though. Go ahead. Get it out. Gotta pass that dead man kitty stone. Uh, it'll never be passed. I don't have kidneys, dude. I thought you had like put bags in there to sort of collect the rocks. Nah, awesome. nah, man. This this kind of fall out. This one, this one wedged in the fucking spine. This is it's like you know those weird bones and you know those weird like holes in your tailbone like fell into one of those. Now it's stuck uh, in there. That must be painful. Yeah, it's more like, annoying when you like sit when down than broken, anything. It's like when I got broken glass stuck in my uh, seatbelt buckle. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that my car also got broken into this week. Oh, good. That is. Yeah. So I'm in full who fucking cares mode. And this kind of shit is perfect for who fucking cares mode because it's a pastiche of as as I may. If I may quote double toasted dot com, it is a pastiche of bullshit. Because after Morpheus, after Proto Morpheus is brought to the obviously evil Chinese company heads uh, for investigation, uh, we then meet Sofia Coppola, who is an insider at the company who was feeding him information because she thought something dirty was going on, and she's right, of course. Uh, at which point, Morpheus Morpheuses it up and just continuously spouts bullshit that means nothing and is supposed to be deep. You know, Morpheus. Uh huh. And then he blows himself up and everyone else in the room except her. <laughs> God. Oh, this sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I was laughing. Yeah, I'd imagine it's so. <laughs> but like that very... The very yeah, who I, fucking cares, this is so stupid laugh. Yeah, like the, like the laugh of nihilism. Yeah. Of just where, like, your eyes are dead. You have this, like, giant grin in your face. You're just slowly crying as you stare into the fucking void. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on Twitter much, but I should subscribe to Nihilist Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) There's a Twitter handle that's just called Nihilist Arby's, where they say the most nihilist uh, people hating we're all fucked shit and then uh, ask you to buy Arby's food. I mean, yeah, okay. (laughs) Oh, fucking goddammit. I just went to Twitter to go. No, I went to Twitter to go look up like Nihilist Arby's, and the fucking first thing on my goddamn timeline is a Variety article: Robert Pattinson to play the Batman for Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah, I saw that. 
Like, the dude's a fine actor. Don't put him in fucking Batman. Yeah. Uh, fuck it, I'll eat some Arby's. <laughs> yeah, you're ready for... You're ready for fucking just, like... There's, like, some meat we found in the back... Some meat we found in the fucking, like, collection tray in one of those meat slicers, but put in a sandwich. <laughs> I mean... Hey, check it out. It's pulled pork in that we pulled this out of pork. I mean, Dead Man, the only live-action bat-related thing I'm even remotely looking forward to is the CW Batwoman, and that's only kind of a, eh, it looks okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I I saw the trailer for that, and I'm just like, yeah, this has like the same problem as like season one Supergirl. Yeah. Of just, of just like. Bruce Wayne, but a woman? Yeah, it's like, yeah, just, just like a matter of like. Hey, 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 you guys! Hey, hey, she, she's a woman. Did did yeah. did, did you catch did 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 you get did you, did you catch that? Yeah, it's, it's very a CW. Subtle. We don't get to see Kate Kane fuck on screen. Nah, and she probably won't fucking fight ghosts because that requires a budget. Yeah, I mean, crap. We're probably not going to get her sister wearing the full-on uh, white rabbit outfit like in the comics. God, have we talked about Greg Rucka's Batwoman stuff on the show? On that show, I don't think we have. We should really fix that. Yeah, I'll get a spotlight episode or something. Yeah, one of many, because I'm going to be stuck in the weird position of praising Tom King right before I shit on him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, so back to Ingress, the anime. <laughs> uh, so. After Jack Bow, so after Morpheus blows up, we then cut to the opening theme, which I showed Dead Man, which is by a British indie pop band from the mid 2000s called Alt J. Uh, and as I was discussing this with Cora, uh, we were comparing our responses to because, like, uh, so there was apparently a big kerfuffle is that this anime changed its entire soundtrack aside from its opening and ending themes between the Japanese release and the international one. Okay. That's a bit weird. Yeah. Usually they change the opening and ending and leave everything else like non, like it'll be like, yeah, so opening and ending that we changed those. We also changed beer, but other than that, everything's the same. Yeah. I don't know. This this seems like one of those anime from the early 2000s that featured, like, out-of-place Western band soundtracks. Like, have you ever watched Ergo Proxy? I have heard of it. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a nutso weird show where a guy uh, who is the avatar of death, like literal death, is running around with a goth chick and a lolly robot. In the post-apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about what I'd expect. Yeah. But uh, until, for a couple, for a year or two before the band broke, uh, cracked down on it, the, the ending soundtrack was Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> was it that one Radiohead song, or was it anything else they've done? Um... It's not creep. I know it's not creep. It, I think it probably they probably wanted creep, but they thought no, that's too obvious. Yeah, it's either creep or something from OK Computer. I'm guessing. 
So let me look up uh, Ergo Proxy Radio Head. Oh, Paranoid Android. Of course. <laughs> because it's about robots. You get it? Oh, yeah, this is from fucking Actually, OK Computer. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. The goal, I did I mean, a music. From what I understand, uh, Radiohead has only two good albums, so who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> from, from what I understand, the only time, the only th- the reason people care about Radiohead is because of Creep or OK Computer. Yeah, but honestly, that reaction, I cu- I'm glad I got I set that up for myself because it sets up how dumb the music for the for this show is. Because both songs are horribly out of place tonally, and both Cora and I were like, uh, let's see, what was Cora's reaction? Uh, what the hell? Is that LJ? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to intone question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Or as I was like, my thought process, what is this? Click, 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 click. Okay. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and to the best of my knowledge, I can only get, like I said at the beginning, triangles. Yeah. They're the best the shapes. Symbol on ingress is a triangle. So, triangles. Triangles. I think I think the the soundtrack line they the, the line from the song that they just wanted was I love triangles essentially. Tri- like that kid was like, I like turtles. I like triangles. Yeah. I like turtles. I like turtles. I like triangles. And I have no idea why this soundtrack why the ending theme is in cold blood. Other than it starts with computer music, with computer code dialogue, where they just go zero one zero zero one zero 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 one for like fifteen seconds. Yeah, that yeah. What, you sent me the uh, actually. So for disclosure, uh, Bertie sent me the ending, like the ED for uh, Ingress, just before this, and yeah, what? <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> It also isn't animated. No, it's not. It's, well, that's, 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 that's not in and of itself a problem. It's just, just all right. Yeah, so we got, so we got that. There's anything. We're gonna go like, yes, yeah, so we got fucking like. It is like, digit, not digitized, but like a, the kind of a kind of rotoscoped. Or yeah, is that, it kind of rem- it reminds me of uh, what another terrible anime I've talked about on the show did, uh, Vatican Miracle Exam. Where they like filmed real footage and like put it through a filter and like on some sort of uh, screen on the as they were animating so that they didn't have to animate that much. Yeah, like, like I'm I'm just I am on it right now, about to go fucking like look through it again just to get like a better idea of what I'm actually talking about. But yeah, it's just we have we have all this like B roll of people. To be fair, the B-roll does look like they're playing some bullshit AR game. Because, like, all right, so we got this thing in the center of the frame, and then that's going to be our focal point as it, like, fucking zooms in and the rest of the world, like, warps around it. Which, that's kind of neat. But then you get to the rest of it, and it's just, hey, we got fucking, you guys, did you guys like fucking, like, the portraits from the beginning of, like, the portraits from the codec calls from the first Metal Gear Solid? We got those, and they make up a web that covers the world because of fucking computers. You guys like triangles? Triangles. 
Yeah, and then and then it's just like shots of people's hands as they go through playing a very shitty looking mobile game. Yep. More B roll and just the the most fucking like base B roll you could fucking imagine. Like, all right, so yeah, we put this fucking camera up high in a in like a fucking in a very busy intersection of of a very like popular fucking city. And then, yeah, let's like put a fucking like long delay time lapse on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I give this points for adaptation, but also say you really shouldn't have done that. Where, okay, the story that these characters are going through from, I've checked with Core on this, is technically the story of the game. But they are also having all of the characters play the game on their phones to progress the plot. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, so like, like, like their superpowers, uh, like plot information, like stuff, like puzzles they need to complete to unlock some passageway forward. All of that's built into their phones, so they occasionally have to rapidly. Uh, flip through their 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 smartphones to activate the plot progression. So let me just roll things back <laughs> a bit so I can fucking <laughs> clarify clarify what I think you're saying. <laughs> so the smartphone game has a story. Yes. For, for whatever fucking reason, they thought, hey, let's fucking put a story in this fucking Pokemon Go game or the Pokemon predecessor. Yes. And so, so they have that story. The anime is telling that story, but the game is a but the game is an existing thing within the story of the game. Yes. Okay, so is the game story like like are the, are these people so, so the game story is it is it like these people are people in the real world playing the story of Ingress, or is it like these people are the characters from the real world version of Ingress playing the story of Ingress just without them? The second one. Fucking what? Yeah. Like I could mm-hmm. fucking kind of understand it if it was the fucking first one. If it was if it was, hey, we got these people, they're playing this story. Isn't this story a cool story? But then also we're gonna be using that as a vehicle to fucking build these characters and also sell you this fucking game. Yeah. Like that, I can understand to an extent, but yeah, having yeah. it be, having it motherfucking be just, Hey, yeah. You know that story we wrote? Let's just remove like four of the main characters and then, uh, God damn it. Yeah. And it, it's like, it, <laughs> and it just, it, it seems to include tropes just for the sake of including tropes. Naturally, because um, our main, our other character Makoto uh, is a detective with psychic abilities. Uh, he, he has um, tactile telepathy, basically. Oh, fucking goddamn it! Yeah, mm-hmm. which is you, how he first connects with uh, Sofia Coppola. You fucking I, trash! Like he he never sees the memory of her wrecking uh, Godfather Three for. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was thinking whenever I heard her name was Sofia Coppola. I was like, they have to know, right? Just anytime anybody shoots at her, it's like, That's for Godfather 3, you bitch. 
It's like, stop fucking your cousin. Actually, the Japanese <laughs> probably liked that. Oh, no, yeah, the Japanese were totally down for that. Because, yeah, all, this fu- all, all that fucking talk, actually, <laughs> a while ago, for whatever reason, I looked up Japanese incest laws. Yeah, th- you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, as far as I can tell, there kind of aren't. No. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, even, like, first cousins are, like, they're frowned upon, but it's not, like, the worst thing, I guess. It's like, oh, he's marrying his first cousin? Couldn't find anyone else then, huh? Shame. Oh, well, I I look forward to seeing their three-legged baby. Yeah. But, um... Anyway, back back to this stupidity. The world fucking uh, sucks, man. Yeah, but... <laughs> so... So, Jack Bauer... Uh, so, it, it, after his initial uh, encounter with the unconscious Sofia Coppola, who he only knows who he is because he does the tactile te- uh, telepathy thing, uh, he's chased out of the building because the cops were all called when the building had a giant explosion and... Uh, the owners of the company are like, oh, it's a gas leak. And I was like, uh, there's no smell of gas, there's no fire burns, and there seems to be a lot of people missing. And he's like, oh, they just went home. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> as, as you see them just like vacuuming up dust of people. Well, that's the thing. There's nothing. Like, when he blew people up, there's not even ashes left. <laughs> so wait, they just fucking, like, de-rezzed? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Well, that's just lazy. <laughs> like, fuck, at least Darwin's game, when they killed someone, they fucking derezzed and left a fucking, like, put, like, like pixelated corpse hole behind. I have, I have, I'm a few weeks behind on Darwin's game. I should get caught. I got kind of sick of it when they started the pirate thing. <laughs> I don't think I made it to the pirate thing. I think I got to, like, the time travel superhuman monkeys. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, versus uh, the fucking real estate agent or whatever. Yeah. Oh, insurance yeah, agent. Mr. Go- Mr. Real Estate Ghost Agent. Yeah. Whose power is he can make multiple copies of himself. To, you know, be extra annoying as an insurance agent. Yeah. <laughs> Does not appear to your home is on a fault line. Would you like to sign up for earthquake insurance? No, fuck you. <laughs> Slams it. All of a sudden, he's at the window. No, it can really save you a lot of money. If you just look at this brochure. You're just surrounded by dudes with fucking, like, contracts. Yeah, that sounds like a bad Futurama joke, actually. It act- like, yeah, kind of, actually. just like, like, they just keep cloning insurance agents. Like, they only have one guy, multiple, like, infinite clones that just become stupider and stupider, but still know how to do the insurance thing. <laughs> yeah, just, like, some lady just like, no, I don't want insurance, slams the door as, like, the fucking insurance agent just, like, clamber over her house like zombies is just in a corner crying. Anyway, we are still off topic again. Uh, so after the evil Chinese all monthly uh, premium <laughs> corporation kicks uh, all the cops, including Makoto, out, um, Makoto starts receiving cryptic messages saying, "The world is not as it seems. You are in danger. Protect this girl, or the world is doomed." Follow the white rabbit. Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah. At which point, uh, he breaks back into the Hulong building girl while also uh jack bauer is just i want to call him mr damn it punch because <laughs> all he seems to do when he's not shooting people is scream damn it and punch people out windows 
So he's like Knuckle Duster with less depth. Basically, yes. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Man, Vigilantes really fell off once that once sweet once he stopped showing up. <laughs> I'm still enjoying it okay, but I I'm not as invested in this douchey version of All Might as the as the comic seems to think I am. <laughs> Like, like I had actually made it to where All Might showed up. Like, I got to the point where it was the, like, runaway mech suit in the marketplace where they were, like, doing a fucking music video or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, this got so far away from what I wanted it to be. Like, this isn't even, a, this, like, at that point, it wasn't even a story about vigilantes anymore. It was a story about fucking a dude managing an idol. Yeah. Ugh. But anyway, um... God, I got lost. Okay, so yeah, uh, both Jack Bauer and Makoto. I, I know I don't know what his actual name is. So I'm just going to call him Jack Bauer if that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> totally fine. I don't know what his name uh, is either. So you're not offending me. Yeah. Sneak into uh, because because um, Jack Bauer's former boss Morpheus told him to protect this girl also. So when Makoto comes in looking for, her, he immediately assumes he's an enemy because, like everyone else in this building, he expects him to be a guy he needs to punch out a window. Yeah, you know, great interpersonal communication skills there, Morpheus. <laughs> Couldn't like shot a quick text, just like Snapchat. Hey, here's the guy I'm sending to get. You. Here's the guy I'm sending to protect the girl too. Yeah. Well, for more for the sake uh, for Morpheus' sake, he's dead now. Maybe I don't know. That's Super no excuse. You couldn't set up a fucking life alert. Yeah, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, so Makoto sneaks in and has another. Uh, telepathic touch thing with uh, the girl, at which point he learns her name and what happened to her because he didn't he got just like brief flashes from the initial encounter. But um, as as he's in the process of trying to figure out who she is and what happened, Jack Bauer sneaks in. Like, who are you? Who are you working for? Why are you not with them? Why are you Japanese and not Chinese? And Makoto trying to explain, dude, I am not evil. Look at me. I don't have evil eyes. And it, that's probably slightly racist, but I, this is a Japanese thing. I'm not entirely sure. The Japanese don't think the Chinese are pure evil. But uh, as this is happening, Sofia Coppola wakes up and says, don't worry. He's my cousin. I'm fucking him. Oh, not really. But it, don't worry. He's with me. Or maybe he's not. Fuck it. I'll, 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 I'll clock you with my uh, bedpan. At which point they both escape. And then Jack Bauer wakes up a few minutes later uh, upset that he doesn't know anything, so he just goes looking for more guys to punch. Uh, and as, as we see when Makoto and Sofia Coppola are exiting the building, he uh, is punching another guy out a window. Mainly just out of, I, I guess, confused rage. There are so many other characters named Makoto that I am replacing whatever guy is actually in the show with one of those other versions. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like this. So it's just like this weird, like fucking like, like Vladimir Putin on a tiger thing of just this weird anime in my head of, all right, here's this character for a different anime. The director, Sofia Coppola, actual character, Jack Bauer, the anime. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I even bothered to learn the main character's real name in the story because like, it's not something like real world interesting, like Sofia Coppola, and it's not he—he's not uniquely dumb like Jack Bauer. 
like I, I think his I think his name is actually Jack, maybe, but like I'm just gonna keep calling him Jack Bauer because like I said, all he does is angrily interrogate people and punch people out windows. So I'm just gonna call him Jack Bauer. Yep, that's hundred percent fair. Yeah. At which point, uh and this is the dumbest like trope thing I remember from the first episode. So they get about a hundred yards away from the building she was being held in. At which point Makoto asks, Okay, who are you and why are these people after you? At which point she says, I don't know. I don't even know who I am. And I was like, okay, so we're going to do an amnesia arc. I hate those, but at least it's something. And uh, he, he he tells her her name because he managed to glean that from his psychic uh, visions. So, But uh, she immediately then just wants to go right stri- fucking back to the building they just broke out of. At which point, 20 feet outside the building, she... Uh, she uh, um, main character dude touches her with his psychic hand again, at which point she just remembers everything and the amnesia's gone. (laughs) So she was an amnesiac for all of two minutes. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) I guess those motherfuckers who made the thing don't like the amnesia arc either. (laughs) At which point I was like, why father fucking doing it? (laughs) Because a character in an anime has to have amnesia. Haven't you ever seen an anime before? <laughs> we got our main guy named Makoto. We got some lady named after some real. We got lady after some real guy. We got fucking this dude. I don't know. He's the Terminator. Fuck you. Yeah. At which point, uh, Sofia Coppola convinces main character to help her break into the building so she can get some clothes and her stuff uh, back because she used to work for this company. At which point, when they're about to enter her room, Jack Bauer just charges down the hallway and tackles and tries to break main character dude's arm and just says, What the hell is going on? Where's the trigger? Play something to me. <laughs> At which point, we then cut to the end credit. Just going, zero, zero, one, zero, zero, one, I look forward to the next episode where they fight a high school student in a bright, in a dark red schoolgirl uniform with long black hair who smiles as she murders. I, I don't know. Like, you remember when people were praising Japanese animation for being smarter and more uh, adult and like more mature and interesting than Amer- than Western animation? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I remember that. I, I was, I believe I was in that camp around 2003. Yeah. Like I saw Inuyasha and was like, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone yeah, can tell this. I'm bad at my job. Yeah, this is really bad. <laughs> like, 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 it, it, like, I think in terms of like content and like overall production it would be middling it's just it's writing and its ideas are so dumb that i'm just i'm enjoying myself but i can't recommend it to anyone like well you know what i'm hearing coming soon coming soon on anime club (laughs) (laughs) flick flick flicking the net (laughs) yeah just flicking the net yeah we're just gonna be fucking out there trying to catch them Pokey triangles. It'd be great. Gonna be watching that and Gotham back to back. 
Uh. <laughs> <sighs> it's not about this fucking garbage. Yeah. So, yeah, either I or Cora is going to be writing up in the animation because we were both like, what? what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> And it, it, it is kind of... I, okay, so in terms of the Netflix did what shit, it's more interestingly bad, but I'm not sure if it's the worst of the worst because I still have not watched Sword Guy, the animation. Is that a thing? Yeah. They spell it G-A-I, but it's just called Sword oh. Guy, the animation. Okay, so I was on the fence there for a second because if it was Sword Guy, G-U-Y... That has the potential to be like the next Ninja Slayer. No, it's not Ninja Slayer. It's taking itself seriously. Yeah. So once you said they, once you said they spelled guy G I G A G A I, I was like, okay, it's trash. Yeah, very much so. And I'm waiting for like the next big like. You are so hooked on Ninja Slayer from animation. <laughs> well, because A, it's fucking amazing, but B, I also just kind of really love that style of trigger stuff of just these re- weird. Fucking fast paced. Just we're gonna we're gonna fucking just go mile a minute jokes, like fucking space troll Luluco, fucking shit like that. Of just we got this insane shit. Let's go. Which we don't really, plus there hasn't really been one since Ninja Slayer, which is a shame. I'm not, I'm not saying I need one like every season, but like. Like, it would be nice to just have something of that level of just, this is just too dumb to not be good. Yeah. Like, so but far, ter- like, like so far, every anime that has come out over the last fucking couple of years, mostly, has been either, I don't care, or I've read them, I've read the manga, so this will just be worse than that. Like, I want a fucking anime to come out that I'm actually interested in. And I know that is putting a weird onus on the anime industry of, hey, release something that me, a Westerner, is interested in. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the one co- interesting news story I saw was um, uh, it, one of uh, a prominent anime producer uh, went on Twitter and basically said, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is fucking weird. Japan, we need to do better than this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Let me see if I can find it because I... I'm pretty sure that it's not almost... That's not the exact wording, but it's pretty damn close where it's like, this is weird. Oh, yeah, the guy who created Gundam said this. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like... Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a really weird... He likened it to the work of modern digital animators who draw flashy action scenes to parade their skills, although Spider-Verse takes it this one. At first glance, it looks like a live-action film, and it's very experimental in various places. For American filmgoers, it may be their first time watching an animated film that isn't expressly for kids. I won't appraise the film's quality, but on a technical level, I can see how much hard work staff put into it. I'd be... If you're going to work in anime, that's what you want to outdo. <laughs> nice. That is actually that's actually really surprising, and I'm kind of really into that. I mean, it's a great... Uh, of all the good things 
of all the bad shit Sony is still doing, I'm glad Spider-Verse exists. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Verse is fucking incredible. It will be a yeah. shame when that eventually falls to shit, too. Yeah. Like, because the next one has a, like, the next one has more of a, like, the next movie, like, the next Spider-Verse-ish movie has more of a risk of falling into the typical Sony traps because it's a fucking Miles and Gwen movie. Yeah, or as I I thought you were going to mention, just silk. Yeah, that, that too, that, 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 that too, that too. Which is why I love the joke you, me, and Nico made that... It would be the great trick of writing and directing to make Silk mediocre. <laughs> yeah, like A.V. Aaron's going to come out. It's like, hey, I know what you guys are saying. We got letters saying people like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Silk. I have not thought about Silk in fucking like three years. I try not to because I mostly like where Spider-Man is now. I didn't mention this before, but I switched to, uh, not switched to, I started using Comixology Unlimited. So I read the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hail Hydra dude. Uh, uh, Nick Spencer? The Nick Spencer Spider-Man run, which I really like. Yeah, it's good. But, yeah. And I, I, I kind of want to like Spider-Man again, and I mostly that they still think Silk was a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I'm in. A, I'm in a similar position as you, uh, like really wanting to like Spider-Man, and for right now, I am cautiously back on Team Spider-Man. Yeah, because like the Miles Morales book hasn't been as good as it has, but it's still been decent. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, I am liking. Yeah. Um the the like this is the regular Amazing Spider-Man book is also going in a really interesting uh, going in an arc that I am interested in right now yeah and while i still don't like the name ghost spider i still mostly like gwen's book yeah gwen's book is actually fucking interesting because they do they actually fucking take the take one of the like biggest taboo ideas about spider-man of he reveals his identity and they're actually running with it yeah. like when they tried to do that within fucking in fucking civil war it was just hey i'm spider-man any questions and then fucking next to nothing happened because of it Except for Aunt May getting shot, which doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And then Peter's like, hey, Satan, take my marriage. I need to save my dying aunt who's fucking 97,000. Speaking of that, are are you excited about uh, Far From Home? Uh, I'm interested. Less than excited. Like, I'm I'm, I'm great. It's great that we're getting Mysterio because I really like Mysterio. Yeah. Like, I I feel so bad for people who don't know Mysterio is going to be the bad guy. I feel fucking. Oh, actually, sh- maybe maybe I don't because they're gonna be like, "What? Mysterio's the bad guy." I'm fucking flabbergasted that people that there are still people that don't know that. There apparently are. Like and- I get that fucking like like the Vulture. He is a he is a fucking like Z list villain for Spider Man, despite the fact that pe- despite how much he fucking appears and shit, no one fucking knows dick about the Vulture, so they could do whatever they wanted with him. People kind yeah. of know what Mysterio is. They don't know his fucking backstory. They don't know what fucking anything about him. But Mysterio, the name itself, has a certain connotation to it. Yeah. So just this idea that there are people out there that are like, man, Mysterio, he's like a really cool character. Oh, they're introducing the multiverse? Maybe that'll mean, I mean, mean Spider-Verse is in this. And 
there's fucking and meanwhile there's just like the rest of us sit the back in the corner is like wait how does he not see it like should should we should we tell them but uh, I feel like you and I would be those two guys at the bar who are not falling for the pickup for the terrible pickup I was like uh, does everyone see this <laughs> like, I, I'm not can't be the only guy that sees this right yeah hello <laughs> anyway we got way off topic yeah well I mean it sorry I just it, it, it no no I, I get it. we the animation was so stupid and it also led to a fun side topic which I'm glad I I, I had been meaning to mention that quote to you just because I thought you would like it but <laughs> yeah it's neat it is fucking really cool that one of the one of the people behind the most fucking anime thing you can goddamn imagine is like Spider-Verse is fucking sick. Well, not just that. He's like, hey, fuckers. They're doing better than us. <laughs> yeah. We got to get gooder. <laughs> okay, anyway. Fucker production so, IG, let's go. So to conclude my Netflix did what, uh, for the first time of any of these Netflix did what anime, I actually finished what's out so far uh, just because I needed something to keep me calm during the exams. So... I finished, a, it's not done yet, I think there's going to be a part two to finish the series, but I finished what's out of Hero Mask. Okay. You remember me telling you about this? I think so. The, the name sounds very, the name sounds familiar. It is a British cop thriller featuring sci-fi origami masks that give you superhero. Super right, yes, that's one. Yeah. That motherfucker with the Guy Fox mask. Yes. Because <laughs> you know England, yeah. Because Britain, yes. Remember, remember the fifth of November. These masks go on sale. Then buy them. Yeah. Take down, take down those in charge. Populist uprising brought to you by Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh, that is that is still one of those really hilarious things that I, that was like once it was pointed out to me, I can't not think about it. Yeah. <sighs> well, anyway, um, God bless this dumb shit. <laughs> like, like it's a cop thriller through and through, but I feel like um, Japan has not caught on to how cliched some of this shit is to the point where there are scenes in this anime which just made me spawn it's always sunny clips in my head. <laughs> like, um, what's the that meme where uh, Charlie Day is just tying red string and tape to everything saying it's all fucking connected? Yeah, yeah, he's going through like this insane fucking conspiracy theory about how about he, like, he needs to deliver mail to this one guy, but he doesn't exist. And he can't fucking find him. And then fucking Mac just walks in. And it's like, no, dude, he works in accounting. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> they basically do that almost. <laughs> where where uh, this assistant uh, prosecutor lady who was close friends and a, like a, min, a tutor, a, a mentee of the woman who was murdered at the beginning of the series. Uh sees all of the conspiracy stuff that was drawn up by her fellow investigators and like newspaper people she contacted for sources 
And she's like, something's missing. So she just erases the whole board and just reconstructs it herself using red tape and, and like red string and tape and, and all that dumb shit to her. It's like, what's the connection? Something is missing. How does Pepe Sylvia fit into all this? (laughs) And beyond that, they have shit look like one of the former cops works for the bad guys. He worked, but he, apparently just shifts to a different faction within the bad guys because <laughs> yeah that makes no sense but whatever okay yeah okay so let me see if i so it, i'm trying to avoid saying the names because the names are such like like i feel like i would have to make fun of them with the posh british voice because clearly the creators of this thought we must be as posh and British as possible. I mean, if you don't want to, I can do it. British. Like, you know, I think I have a better British accent than you do. James Blood, uh, Sarah Christendon, and <laughs> the some of the names. Yes, oh, hello, my name is Lennox Gallagher. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you. I'm Edmund Chandler. Pleasure. And I think the main villain's name is Archibald Stapleton. <laughs> oh yes, hello, I'm Archibald Stapleton. <laughs> he's got, and then like at the bottom of you got the bottom of this fucking character list, he's just yeah, then Steve Martland. Yeah. Just, Hi, I'm Steve. Yeah. Yes. James Blood, Lennox Gallagher, and Steve. Yeah. Hey, guys, need coffee? I'm Steve. Yeah. So anyway, um, the majority of the plot of... So after like the point, or I think where I cut off last time we were talking about, the main point is uh, they figure out that uh, the woman who was murdered was protecting a whistleblower from this from British Umbrella Corps, essentially. That's basically what this company is. Okay. Um, and the whistle... Everyone, there's, there was a police report saying that the whistleblower was dead because they found his car having crashed into the Thames. Uh, but of course, that's there's no body, so of course yes. he's not dead. It's a bunch of bullshit. His soul was put into the body of a Pikachu. Spoilers, I guess. I still haven't seen Detective Pikachu. It's fine. Yeah, I kind of figured. My favorite, my favorite uh, review uh, scheme... Like like my review rubric, my favorite review rubric for that movie was um, laughs, feels, adventure, and haunter. <laughs> yeah, like it's a it's a it's a semi decent neo noir movie set in the fucking Pokemon universe with a really rushed ending. Like I wish they like my biggest problem with the movie is I wish they had gone fucking full neo noir with it, and just like the entire thing had been a real estate scam. But instead, it is the most insane bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Like, even more insane than, like, like I, I don't know a whole lot of Pokemon villain plans. But a majority of them seem to be either, we get Pokemon and rule the world, or, fuck the world, we need Pokemon to be free. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> this is... This is both and somehow dumber. 
I, uh, okay. I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't know. No, I, I know. I, mean, I know. I don't. I would know you haven't seen it. I'm just fucking trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to actually word it before getting into the movies podcast. Talk about it with Caveman. Okay. I mean, I'm probably going to see it because I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds mark. But, yeah, which is uh, which is why I'm trying to like not super talk deep about it. Yeah, except for that one thing. But yeah, that whatever. Yeah, the fucking second you goddamn the fucking there, there's literally a moment in that movie where, where you fucking see it in the first thirty minutes. You go, oh fuck, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But anyway. Uh. So. Yeah. So the next, most of the next few episodes are just devoted to the cops trying to uh, protect the informant once they find out he's still alive, and also try to figure out who told um, the evil corp that uh, this district attorney was going to file a case against them, at which point uh, uh, det- uh, prosecutor lady discovers that her boss uh, was evil but felt bad about it. Look so, To fuck with him uh, and get him to confess on tape. And this was the weirdest fucking thing. She cut her hair and put on clothes and makeup and jewelry to make herself look like her boss. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I said, God bless this stupid shit. Is, is Don't they have fucking magic masks? Not everyone, and it seems to come with some pretty bad uh, side effects. Like... The first guy, uh, both people we've seen who've used the mask more than uh, a couple of times, uh, it apparently almost literally drains your life force because you grow old and die if you use it too much. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, when the witness uh, suffers a near-fatal gunshot wound in a group of assassins comes in to kill him off for good to make sure they finish the job... Uh, well, first the the leader of these assassins stabs this guy so much I thought he was playing surgeon, but because uh, I'm not, you know that sound effect, that gushy sound effect when someone stabs someone that you always hear. Yeah, I'm not used to hearing that like twelve or sixteen times in just like a single murder. No, yeah, he was stabbed by the Nazgul. <laughs> yeah, just going there, sword down, just yeah. But uh, Nazgul are bad at killing people. Yeah, but the um, the uh, whistleblower's brother, who is the creator of these masks, tries to brings a mask to try to heal him, and it heals the gunshot wounds. But it drains so much of his life force that he then dies of a heart attack after the wounds close. Yay, masks! Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, um, so why are the masks a part of the story? I don't know. Because they don't seem like a super benefit. Not long term, at least. Like, there's some discussion of maybe like long term there'll be a... The last thing we see before we cut to black on the last episode that's come out so far is this chick surviving um, a... A bus crash, a bus crashing into a concrete pole that set that sets her and everyone in the in the bus on fire. 
and we just see her regenerate like Deadpool and walk away. But but beyond that, it doesn't seem like the masks serve much of a purpose other than like, okay, the villain um kind of what's that? the villain appears to not be who he claims he is. Like he has a name as the company, and once his company and he himself is indicted for his company's actions, uh, after he posts bail, he disappears. But it then looks like he just dies because someone tampered with his airplane and he blows up as he skips across the the uh, English Channel in his plane. So why are the masks there? I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know. Like, if you're going to do a fucking, like, semi-futuristic thing where you have these masks, you need to, like, have them involved in the plot. It'd be like fucking Altered Carbon coming out with the set. Like, it would be like if Altered Carbon came out and then the murder had nothing to do with the stacks. Like, just some dude got shot and then it had nothing to do with, like, these weird, like, fucking, like, layered stack fucking things. Like, oh, yeah, so I got this backup in a goddamn satellite and then this happens. Like, hey, t- like, hey, Takeshi Kovacs, we brought you out. To- we brought you out of fucking stasis to. We'll solve this hit and run. Okay, bye. Yeah, and I... I mean, it's fun. Like, it's dumb, but it's fun. Like, whereas Ingress is too dumb to take seriously and I just have to laugh at it, this at least has enough of what I expect from over-the-top stupid cop show shit that I can kind of enjoy it. Like, there's a point where the evil cop and the good cop have a kickboxing fight in the middle of traffic. <laughs> like actual kickboxing? Yeah. Nice. Sagat versus Adon. <laughs> yeah, this sounds really dumb. Yeah, it is really dumb. Like extremely dumb. Yeah. I mean, I knew that from the first episode. Like, the people who made it didn't know what their story was. It's like like they had, like, fucking two separate ideas. It's like, one idea was about these masks. The other idea was this murder mystery. And it's like, wait a minute. What if we made them kiss? Like, two quarters of a story to make half of a story that makes no sense. Yeah, but like I said, this one's more fun than the others I've tried so far. Like, it, it's it's obviously, Netflix seems to be trying to cater to anime that caters to more Western interests. Yeah. But, uh... You know, like Devil Man. But sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, like Devil Man. Like, Devil Man is the one that has the most critical acclaim, and it's the one we can't stand the most. Like... I haven't watched Sword Guy the animation yet, but I'm fairly certain even if it's bad, I will enjoy it more than Sword Guy the animation just because I can as far as I can tell it's not as fucking nihilist. Yeah, you mean you meant yeah. Uh, you meant you meant you meant, you, meant, you, meant, you said Sword Guy again. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it, it's like, I haven't Sword watched Sword Guy, Guy but I probably like it more than Sword Guy. Sword Guy will not annoy me as much as Devil Man just because it's not as nihilist as far as I can tell. 
Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe it's time to get to the end of it. It'll just like release this weird communist manifesto about how we should fucking like take down everything and everything is terrible. It's like, all right, so flashing the screen now will be PDF images from the anarchist cookbook. Yeah. Make some bombs and mail them to your congressman. We'll take down the diet. And then he pulls out. When he pulls out one of those of them. Fuck! What was the name of that goddamn series? What? There was a series a while back where it, it was a, it was like a manga series where this kid, like a high school kid, he is attempting to take down the corrupt Japanese government, and he's doing it with an army of clones. Okay. And like he has this like weird like demon mask that covers most of his face, and then when he dies, it and then when one of his clones die, it explodes and uploads his memory to to a new version of himself. It's like Aku something. I don't know. It's been a while. Anyway. Yeah. So. Um couple of uh, weird isekai series to talk about, but I'm, I'm done with anime. Yay, I got two of those too. Yeah. So first, um, The Temp in the Another World. <laughs> okay. This is kind of the one I have the least to say about because it's a four-coma manga. Oh, but I love, that's... I, but I love the concept because... So, so the main character uh, works at a temp agency in Japan, you know, where he just... He, he is assigned, and if, if manual labor or some needed help is acquired, required by a big business, he's sent in. Yeah. And just randomly, whenever he's doing these jobs, he pops into another world. You know, as you do. Yeah, and then usually a few minutes later, he pops back. <laughs> so you mean like he pops in there for a job, or like pops is like, oh god, what the fuck is happening? Pop back. The, the latter. Okay. Huh. Like in the most recent chapter, um, uh, he's sitting at home after a hard day at work with his cat eating his his uh, dinner, and the cat's trying to eat his chicken dinner too. But he's like, "No, yeah. no, this is daddy's food." And he's I have candies, bah, bah, bah. But so, but he pulls out this tuna fish treat for the cat. At which point, while he's in the process of giving the cat the treat. He teleports into another world, at which point a giant tiger starts looking at the cat tree. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, as the cat is distracted by the tuna tree, uh, three people it was trying to kill escape from the field where it was hunting. Uh, and while the cat is looking at the cat tree, uh, as cats do, it, bit, it bites his hand. And when he looks over to see what happened, he's back in his own world and the cat's just looking at him. <laughs> And that's kind of what happens in most of these chapters. Like he just randomly for a few minutes pops into another world, some shit happens, and then he goes back not knowing what happened. Okay, yeah, I could see that working as a four coma. Like I'm trying to think if there's other It like, just no seems work. like a bit of a waste almost to me of just like that like the concept of just like, hey, I'm working for a temp agency and they and they occasionally send me to a fantasy world to temp. Yeah, that would be more interesting, but it's not as like randomly funny. I guess. No, yeah, it it, w- it wouldn't work with the format they're going for. I'm just saying, like as a concept, it would work. I I would appreciate it more if it was a actual story. But having it just be, yeah, just some weird bullshit happens. I don't know. 
Like, I, I, I can see that working. Yeah, but uh, I'm trying to think if there's other... Um, it's, like you said, there's not much to say about it. It's just, like, the most... Uh, the other funny one is uh, he's one of the... got costumes at, um, at, like, a fair. Yeah. And as he's walking around in this bear, in this man-sized bear costume with a balloon in his hand, he teleports into another world. And this cowardly knight who needs confidence, needs to slay a monster, sees this and just attacks him. Yeah, it seems appropriate. Just, just oh god, it's a horrible demon bear. Kill it. Yeah. At which point, after the after he tackles the bear and stabs it, uh, he teleports back to his own world. And I was like, yay! The- <laughs> At which point, the guy's like, "What the fuck is happening? <laughs> what the fuck is this shit?" Yeah, and so he goes to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Did you get stabbed?" He's like, "I don't think I did." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Okay, well, uh, we'll take this pain medicine and go home and rest because you got fucked up somehow, dude." <laughs> and he goes to. <laughs> And just while he's recuperating, he uh, his his coworkers from the temp agency occasionally come by and give him these like get well candy. He's like, can't you guys get me something fucking else besides get well candies, like bug bowl of ramen or something? But while he's asleep, resting with these candies next to him, he teleports into another world. At which point, a bunch of elves find his uh, his candy and start eating it. And they're like, oh yay, thanks for this, Mister. Here, we'll heal your wounds. But. Uh, they don't know how to do it well, so instead of just removing everything, all his stab wounds are replaced by flower tattoos. So when he goes to see the doctor, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, help me, please. <laughs> I, don't have any, I don't have room for any more ink. Like, are, are they, like, really, like, very fancy floral tattoos, or is it like... No, they're like, they're, they're like, they're like a child's drawing of a flower. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I was worried about. Because, like, elves, you think, like, hey, we got all these fucking fancy bullshit. Like, look at this. We got fucking, we got fucking designs for days. Ooh, check this shit out. And then, nah, just fuck you. Here's some bullshit my kid drew. Anyway. Yeah, okay. So the other one, which I don't, I have more to say about because it has an actual story, but uh, not as much. Uh, Welcome to Japan, Miss Elf. <laughs> I think I get. I think I get the gist of this one. Yeah. So our main character, uh, at some point when he's a child, uh, is playing a computer game, and while he's playing this computer game, he puts in all the typical JRPG shit that you're supposed to put in, and he starts playing the game, and it's like typical fantasy stuff, Lord of the Rings inspired, with like dragons and elves and stuff. And while he's um, playing this game, uh, he, in the game, befriends this elf named... uh, Let me look up her name so I can say it properly. Pardon the... uh, Bad uh, anime coverage. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. 
Mary. Of course, it's that fucking generic. Yeah, okay. So, uh, he befriends Mary the Elf. <laughs> and, um, I come back at these great moments in your descriptions. Yeah, well, this one is particularly weird because he puts in all this information into this computer game he's playing when he's a kid. And then afterwards, after he stops playing it, still every night he starts dreaming about the world of the computer game he was playing, including of the elf he befriended in the game, Mary. And just every night he dreams about this same fantasy world and these same characters, and he goes adventuring. Um, Is he also friends with a dwarf named Bob? Uh, not as of yet, as far as I can tell. And a furbolg named Eric? Yeah. Uh, Beware of the great lich lord, Dennis! <laughs> but anyway, um... Despite the fact that he is now, like, 30-something, he still looks like he's maybe 16 in uh, the fantasy world that he's dreaming about. Like, he's still a kid. But uh, one time, he, while he's on these fantasy adventures, uh, he goes to um, um, a cave that has a giant dragon in it with the elf. And the dragon kills them both, at which point he wakes up. He's like, oh, God, that was a bad nightmare. And the elf is laying next to him. Okay, so he Freddy Krueger out of her dream? Or, um, apparently when he dreams, he goes to this world. But when he either dies or goes asleep in that world, he wakes up. Back in his own world. And because huh. she died with him, like in contact with him, she came out into his world with him when he woke up. Okay. There is slightly more there than your average Isekai story. Yeah. So I guess A for effort? Yeah. And after uh, him explaining, because like she, she's only, uh, since she's a real person now, she's only known kind of lazy 16-year-old kid she meets when he's in her, when he's in her world, not the 30-something adult. Who has a salary job. <laughs> yeah. So he explains Japan and modern technology and like the state of the world he's from. Uh, as far as she knows, uh, the only thing she knew about his world before this is that he had weird jet food with him whenever she met him that she that he never explained the origin of, other than, oh, it's from my home country. Oh. So as she, when she when she comes back with him. They just she just starts exploring Japanese culture and food, particularly food. But um, does she get fat? Is that the joke? No, 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 not that much. But apparently, as part of whatever powers he has, and it's still really unclear uh, if he goes to sleep with some like certain like basic objects like food or water next to him, he can bring them through with him. And apparently, this can also apply to people now. So, somehow. is it like a physical uh, sending or is it like a just like his body still there but his soul goes they never make it clear because he just he goes to sleep and wakes up and he's in the fantasy world he dies or goes to sleep in the fantasy world and wakes up in his own okay so they haven't like it must be physical 
since she comes through with him, but they never show it. They never show the transfer, so I don't know. Yeah, but it could be just like his soul goes over there, and in the process, it generates a body. Yeah, possibly. Like, like like some kind of Matrix shit. Yeah, again, I don't know. They yeah, they, they they've yet, they've yet to show they've they've yet to show the story from someone else's perspective. Yes. Which and seems like they kind of might need to. Yeah, they might. They might there's only six chapters so far, so it's not like that deep in. Yeah. Um, the most they've explained so far is like at first, uh, Mary the Elf was um, can, was like, "Am I trapped here in your world for the rest of time?" And it was like, "Well, all of my understanding of how your world works is that if I go to sleep, I wake up in it. So maybe if we go to sleep in the same bed, you'll wake back up in your world with me." And they test that. That seems to be true. Well, okay then. So going forward, it seems like a group of characters surrounding this main character are going to be like popping back and forth with him through his dreams and experiencing either his work, either him bringing fancy characters through to experience his world or possibly bringing friends from his real world through to his, to the fantasy world. I'm not sure. Okay, so I guess my other, my last like kind of main question with this thing is like, is it like a slapstick comedy? Is it like a more character focused, like almost drama ish thing? Is it like a mix of both? Like, what actually is it? Um, it's got the comedy elements for sure. Like, it's got the typical anime tropes of, um, the main ca- the the female character being embarrassed when she's hungry and like having a kind of like playfully antagonistic relationship with the main character. Uh, There's a dragon in it who can puke up a crystal that can become a person. Okay. Apparently this is a thing in the fantasy world. I mean, yeah, I've heard of worse ways to turn magical beings into people. Yeah. But uh it's 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 neither it's neither too comedic nor too heavy and dramatic, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. Okay. So it's kind of like light and fluffy in the middle. I mean, obviously there's some dark stuff because the main characters both, as far as they can tell, die in the first epi- in the first chapter, but uh it's not heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess probably turns you off since you're the you're more the berserk, uh, magical girl sight type of fantasy person, but not really. Like the things I'll be talking about, I enjoyed all of them, and they weren't any of that. Okay. Like I can enjoy the dark shit, but I also don't hate like very lighthearted stuff. Okay. Like, uh, do you have anything else to talk about then? No, no, that's it for me. I feel like I've talked enough. All right then. Speaking of one of those lighthearted series. Observation record of my fiance. Okay, I've seen this. I haven't read it. Yeah, so continuing on the continuing on the Isekai train, because apparently this is the Isekai show. Well, it's it's anime, so unfortunately yeah, it's the only genre available anymore. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so observation record of uh, my fiance is So there was this book I talked about a while ago. Um I can't remember the exact title of it, but it was about this guy named Hans, who was like a knight in a village, like just like a village knight. And then one day, a bunch of isekai characters just showed up and he had to deal with them. And so this is kind of similar to that. 
where it is another character having to deal with someone else's isekai story. So our main guy is the prince of this fucking kingdom, and he is kind of a child version of Light Yagami. Of just, he is super intelligent, the best at everything, everyone fucking loves him, but because of that, he fucking hates most people, and he's bored all the time. Sure. Until one day, he meets his assigned fiance. And she comes in and says, hey, listen up, fucker. I'm the bad guy of this story. You're going to meet your fucking destined, and then you're going to fucking, like, and I'm going to try to fucking take you away from her, but you're going to have to go up together, and it'll be fucking great. So let's get this shit going, dog. And he's like, wait, what? And, like, just trying to wrap his, and just trying to, like, no-sell what she's telling him. Okay. Yeah, so essentially, this girl, um, she, in her world, all of this is one of those dating sim games that, like, fucking people, that dudes are super, like, like that, like, girls are in, fucking old dudes are super into. Okay. Where, where the main character of the game is some girl somewhere else. And so the prince and then a bunch of the prince's buddies are all part of the potential harem you could end up with. Meanwhile, the fiance is the primary antagonist of the game where she tries to come in and go like, oh, yes, I'm the prince's prince's fucking fiance. So guess what? Eat my ass, bitch. And then tries to do everything she can to destroy the relationship. And you have to try to like work your way around it. Okay. And so she has all this information about the game and specifically about all the but everything that will happen, including all the terrible things. And so the prince uses that information to try to like actually, and so the prince uses that information to essentially maneuver his way through the world and do even better than he was going, than he's going to be doing originally. While also developing an actual relationship with this, as far as he's concerned, fucking insane person. Okay. Who is actually right about things sometimes. Like, one of the first things that happens is, like, she fucking just runs in crying. It's like, oh, fuck, I just remembered. This is goddamn terrible. There's going to be a fucking plague. My mom's going to die. Everything's going to be fucking shit. And so she actually explains what the symptoms are. And he researches, finds out what the actual disease is, cultivates the plant that is required to make the cure for the disease, and then disseminates the cure to the populace before the plague actually starts. And so she okay. runs in. It's like, something's gone horribly wrong. I fucking, my mom didn't get sick. Oh, God, I'm wrong. Everything is terrible. And he's like, nah, I just fucking, I gave her the cure already. And then she's like, wait, what? Oh, fucking sick, dude. This kind of sounds like, um, what's that other series uh, that you and I, the, you, uh, what is uh, the wrong way to use healing magic? A little bit. Where, like, yeah, a, a heal, a a precognitive uh, beast girl comes up to the main character. You're one of the few people that can help me, maybe, with this, with your shit. So she takes it. Have you been keeping up with that? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Where she takes him to her hometown, and uh, her her childhood friends are like, Don't bullshit me! You're a white guy! You're like... I guess they're so <laughs> used to that kind of racism. Like, you're a mage and a human. Why would you be so nice to people? Fuck you. And she tries to attack them, at which point the girl explains her and is like, oh, oh, fuck. Yeah, and everyone is shitting on him because he's a healer. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're healing magic, but you're not even a real mage, you fucking dork. At which point the uh, head student, who I think is also in some position of authority at this school, says, okay, I'm going to kick your ass if you don't. And if you don't fight back, something will happen. It's like, I don't want to fight you. It's like, 
you have no choice. Like, oh, fuck, fine. It's like, All right, fine. I'll rip this fucking training post out of the ground. He's like a Tomfa. Come here, child. And everyone's like, there's no way he's a fucking healer. You know, there's this one, and then and they got this entire other little backstory, like this other like side story thing of the other healer in the city. Which I want to see where that goes. The wrong way to use healing magic is still really fucking interesting. Yep. I still like all the characters, and they haven't introduced any new characters yet that I don't. So I'm still on board for everything they do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so back to the back of the re- uh, observation yeah, record. Anyway, sorry, but just wrong no. random tangent. No. We're we're in the same fucking vein of everything's isekai. Deal with it. But yeah, so uh, it's like having the having the story uh, having the story be a person in the world, like like one of the primary harem characters, developing a real relationship with a player who is trying to get a different ending, who is trying to get the same ending in the game, despite the fact that they are fucking everything up. It's kind of great. Like 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 at one point, like in the game, what's supposed to happen? Well, in the, in the game the main character played, what's supposed to happen is her dad is supposed to go evil, and then that leads her down the road to becoming like hyper bitch. And she is doing everything within her power to try to make her dad go evil. Like she's actually like hand drawing fucking like little booklets about like step by step instructions on how to become an evil person. And her dad's like, "Yeah, I think my daughter's insane." Meanwhile, meanwhile the prince is like, "Hey, how about this?" You pretend to go evil and it said spy on evil people for me. Cause like in his head, it's like, all right, yeah, it'll get her go. It'll get her like stopping fucking debasing her dad or whatever. But it also give me a fucking inside man on these goddamn evil assholes who are trying to fucking fuck over my goddamn kingdom. And then she, and then that happens. And she's like, fucking yeah, my dad's evil. This is going great. I mean, he's just sitting there like, yeah, okay, let's go. And he has a, and he has a primary, and there's another like secondary character, well, primary secondary character of uh, his butler, the prince's butler, who is kind of great in the like, yeah, he's there for like subservience everything, but he'll also just take the piss out of the prince whenever he gets the chance. And it's usually in his head, like in his, like something will happen. And then in his head, the fucking, uh. It'll like, it'll like cut over to the prince with his butler in the background. And his butler is doing everything he can to just barely hold himself in from laughing his ass off. And you just see like his internal monologue and the prince is like, that's probably what he's thinking, isn't it? This fucking guy. Anyway. And yeah, and they actually have, spe- they actually have gotten the time to like build out what the harem is going to be. But then paired them off to every pair them off to every individual person they're supposed to be. We've also met the main character of the game who has a who has a type of magic that lets them enthrall people, which is kind of how the story goes of like, yeah, she uses their fucking enthralling powers to make people fall in love with her and that's how the harem happens. And so and so the prince like set up precautions against being charmed like that. And so and so the fucking princess, so the fucking main character harem, harem leader lady, he's just running around, seeing everyone she could eventually fuck, pair off with the pelican people they're supposed to be paired up with, and just screaming, what the bitch? Why aren't you guys all trying to fuck me? <laughs> Meanwhile, the princess is watching this like, this is fucking hilarious. I goddamn love this. 
it is just a nice, fun, light series that is really entertaining. Like, it, do, it does get a bit more into, like, the shoujo style of things. You know, a bunch of pretty boys and the fucking main girl. But seeing an actual relationship develop between between these two leads and, like, like actually develop. Because it's not – because, like, he, he, he has over, – over these few chapters that are out, he has begun, like, realizing, oh, wait. I feel something for this person that's more than just they're interesting. Hmm. Okay. And meanwhile, she is – and meanwhile, our fucking – Iskai prep character is is like developing real feelings for him, but doing everything she can to try to force him down the main force him down like the main girl storyline. Because she is still devoted wholeheartedly to be an evil bitch, despite the fact that everyone she interacts with kind of loves her. Fucking character, bitch! I'm not deviating. <laughs> yeah, and then and then meanwhile, and then meanwhile, she's developed this like weird fan club around her of people who just like messing with her. Okay. Which includes like the prince's cousin, who just like show up and who just like show up and then like just start talking about something and just watch her freak the freak the bitch out about it and everyone's just like she is adorable. I mean, it, it, as someone who's been in both real life and tabletop in tabletop and video game RPGs, it is more fun when you're in character, even if it sometimes it bites you in the ass. Like, if you played Shadowrun. Um, I have played, I have, I have one, I have like a Shadowrun Returns. I haven't played Shadowrun yet. I'm still learning the system. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine is running a Shadowrun caveman, others, and my character is a suicidal self-hating assassin. Nice. And the first thing I do in the game has had more lasting consequences on the plot than I intended because... A cop knocks on the door, and instead of getting out of bed, I just shoot at it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The I'm in a D and D game right now where we actually had to like literally reset the plot. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done anything that required uh, my DM to break to stop and reset the game, but I. Well, no. It was less like a reset the game. Like we. Like we had a deck of many things, and the char- and one of the characters like pulled out a card that was the fates. You could undo an event, and what we ended up doing was um, destroying the world. Like literally, we everyone got their soul ripped out of their body and got their bodies turned into weird diamond zombies. And then the god of time showed up and was like, hey, the world's mine now. Fuck you. And no one could figure out where we were going with it. So the guy was just like, all right, yeah, so just, uh, yeah, fuck your hat. Snapped his fingers and reset everything back to the point where we got the deck of many things. So you entered the Snapiverse. A little bit. But yeah. Yeah, so observation record of my fiance. Uh, yeah, it's just a very, it's a nice, fun, light series that act, that uh, is that like works off of the characters that it has, and I really like. I'm surprisingly into dating sims, and so having a manga based on a character interacting with the player of a dating sim is actually really interesting to me. Okay, that's probably better than like 
actual adaptations of dating sim games because most of those tend to suck, particularly the Otome, like, reverse harem style games. A lot of those tend to suck. Yeah, that's what this character, in this story, that's what the character was playing. Like, like she was like, yeah, this is, all, this is all an Otome game. And then our lead guy is like, the fuck's an Otome game? And just listening to her ramble about what everything is. Yeah, see, that, that sounds more interesting than one of them. Because most of the stuff like that I'm familiar with is like adaptations of specific Otome game stories. And those sound significantly less interesting to me than a story about someone playing an Otome game. No, yeah, 100%. Because all Otome games are the same. It's like, oh, I'm just your average girl who's, who's absurdly fucking hot. No one loves me. Oh, wait, everyone loves me? What? Which one of these pretty boys am I going to let fuck me in the ass? Or how many at once? Yeah. Let's, let's get this bitch gaping. Anywho, moving on from there. Uh, so, I the last two series I'm going to talk about are two series with very long Japanese names that I will not attempt to pronounce. So I'll be going with the Japanese, so I'll be going with the English names. You could probably still find them. But anyway, so, Moonlight Journey Across Another World. So, um, another character named Makoto. Uh, yeah, he's uh, called, yeah, so in, this, in the series, Makoto, he's uh, called up by the god Tsukiyomi. And says, like, okay, hey. Goddess of the moon. Yeah, and says, like, hey, I got to say you knew another world. That world is dying and needs help. You'll be able to help it. I can't do much to help you, but I can do, but I can't give you this thing. And so it gives her a boon. So it gives Makoto a boon and then sends him off to this other world and is super nice about it. Like fucking Makoto, like straight up becomes a proper worshiper of Tsukiyomi almost because of it. Okay. And then ends up in this other world where he meets the goddess of that world. And she goes, "Ew, bitch, you ugly. Fuck you. And then just drops him into the fucking wastelands. I think I actually read a couple issues of this. I just fell off. I didn't for some reason. Yeah, and so she gives him the inability to speak to humans. Okay. So he can only talk to monsters. And and it like a and so essentially just like drops him in the harshest part of the world that is only inhabited by monsters. And it is, it's a story of him trying to become a, like a regular person. Or like, or like trying to establish, get, establish himself in this world and eventually become a hero because there are like, cause they just, they just reached this part in the story, but there are three other heroes. Oh, okay. So we're in a, uh, rise of the shield heroes. Oh, sorry. Uh, two other heroes actually. Yeah. Two other heroes where they are aware of there being a third, but they don't know who or what it is. Okay. So these other two heroes were like accepted by the goddess of this world and given like proper boons. Meanwhile, he has just been like shit on the entire time, but that has given him the chance to actually like this given him the chance to actually get more powerful than all of them. Because of some weird shit that I'll get into that I'll get to. But yeah, so he ends up out in the fucking wastelands and meets an orc. Or I think it's an orc. Uh, it's a pig. It's a pig person. And they're like, hey, yeah, I'm a sacrifice to the fucking dragon who lives out here. And so he 
And so he goes off to like go find the dragon or whatever and talks to and like and like it turns out that the dragon that the, that these people were being sacrificed to because the orcs were having to sacrifice they like their most like their most beautiful daughter or whatever every year. Turns out that was just a fucking ruse by a group of fucking demons just going like, yeah, fuck those orcs, they're assholes. But then that ends up actually summoning the fucking dragon. And he ends up forming a contract with the dragon. And the dragon's like, yeah, I will serve you now. Because because of the boons that were given to him by Tsukiyomi, he is just kind of out the gate more powerful than the dragon. Ah, one of those. Yeah. But he doesn't really know how to use it and doesn't like try to go like super out there with it. Yeah, like speaking of other stuff we read, uh, did you read the most recent issue of Exterminator? Yes, I did. Where the Black Dragon try- it investigates our main character with the his like his dragon eye and shits himself. It's like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the hero that defeated the Demon Lord is was level fifty five. He's close to level one hundred. It's like oh yeah yeah hi yeah yep you're everything's good everything is totally good. I kind of love the way Exterminator d- handles dragons, where they are all the most shitty people. Yeah, well, they're like all like some specific bad trope about humanity taken to dreams. Yeah, like like the first dragon they meet was like this fucking neat asshole who who just like what the fuck are you doing in my room? Get out, you assholes! Yeah, and the 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 next dragon they meet is a psychotic stalker. Yeah, just I mean, we're so I mean, we're so close together. Like, they're all so great. Like, the only reason she get like she gives him a ride on her back because because the because fucking our main guy is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's cheating on you, and they become like besties. Yeah, and then the black dragon who I is like I guess like that typical like slimy businessman type person. Yeah, like rolls exactly. rolls up in a very like fine pressed suit with a monocle. Yeah, and he's he's snide until he looks. He uses his pre- his dragon eye ability to look at our main character. He's like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck!" He's like, "I will die if I try to fuck him over." <laughs> but it is a similar kind of thing with this, like a uh, like the dragon becomes a servant, and then they end up meeting a giant spider that regenerates from all damage, and then she becomes a servant. Yeah, okay, I kind of remember this. I didn't read that much of it, but I did read some of it. Yeah, and so then it is this fucking. It is this dude who walks around with a mask who can't fucking talk with two of the most powerful people these adventurers have ever seen. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And it's a lot of him just trying to, it's a lot of him just like trying to establish like something in his, in his world for himself, not realizing the greater stakes of what's happening. And I, that's the aspect of it I really like. Like, he, like when he goes to sign up to be an adventurer or whatever, that's mainly just to get like an adventuring license so he's able to go out and do things. His main goal is like, I'm going to be a merchant. Like, fuck this adventuring shit. I don't give a dick about it. I'm going to go fucking sell things. Okay. And, and then meanwhile, there's this whole other like, like macro scale thing that we don't really get a look at because Makoto doesn't know about it. Like I, like I said, we just introduced like the fucking idea of there being other heroes. Okay, okay, so technically, the idea of there being other heroes was introduced like chapter one, because like he rolls up and the goddess goes like, "Ew, you ugly!" I already got another hero. Later, bitch. Ew, you ugly. <laughs> yeah, ex- essentially, but being introduced. Well, the reason she thinks he's ugly is because he is average looking. Everyone in this world is really fucking hot. Ah, uh, okay. So it's like, hey, we got this. Average guy. The goddess is like, 
You look like a pig's butthole. Uh, but yeah, so yes, like we got, uh, we got the bigger macro thing of this like thing happening, and we don't really get any kind of look at it until like three chapters from the most recent chapter, where we get to meet one of the other heroes and what they're doing, and it turns out that it's a friend of uh, Makoto's because Makoto. Apparently in modern day Japan, fucking vanilla ass Makoto is some kind of fucking Mac daddy because he had two of the most popular women in the school wanting to fuck him. And he was like, nah. Which that is a bit. eh. Like, like, yeah, that's very, that's very anime protagonisty. Yeah. Like the series to talk about next is a bit, has a, has a similar kind of thing, but it's a bit more forgivable for me, but I'll be getting to that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, with this, it is a, it is, it is a, it is a series that I kind of like. I like the idea of like micro stories in in the, like a macro context. Okay. And they seem to be going down a very good path with this of like an interesting path for me, at least of having Makoto, develop more and more relationships with like more and more powerful people just because of the things he wants to do as a merchant. Like it's like, Hey, we need to make healing potions. They go out to, they go out to where they fucking find healing potions and it's guarded by a bunch of fucking orcs. Well, well, te- well dark elves, but they're called orcs like forest orcs or whatever. I don't know. And, and yeah, yeah, so like having having that be the whole like having uh and yeah, so like yeah, I gotta go by fucking make these healing potions. All right, well fucking come to the orc village where the where the goddamn most powerful person in that village gets drop kicked by your spider assistant. Because because they held your hand for too long. Like that's that's kind of the other thing that actually really propels the story forward for me is like his two mains, uh the spider lady and the dra- the spider and the dragon, are both like I'm both like really, really strong, but really, really flawed characters because the dragon is obsessed, like like weeaboo level obsessed with like their fucking samurai dramas that he used to watch. Okay, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember that to the point where she the point where she spends the, mo- the majority of her time just like fucking hanging out, watching these stories and then afterwards, like trying to force herself to become a samurai. It's like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go on a samurai spiritual journey. And then comes back a bit later just having beat up some dudes. And the spider is the insane Yandare obsessive. Like, the reason she dropkick one of the fucking forest orcs is because he held Makoto's hand for 32 seconds, which she only got to hold it for 31, so fuck him. Like, he was trying to do something. He was trying to, like, Show off his fucking like muscles or whatever. It's like, yeah, what's up? I'm big. I'm big fucking beef around here. Holds his hand, is like shakes his hand, and is like, wait, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, the spider's like thirty two, boof. And him just having to deal with it, I just kind of find that funny because it's, it's it's handled fairly well, and they have enough character beyond just their horrible fucking beyond their horrible character flaws that they still feel like rounded characters. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just really enjoying the series. Uh, it is not a like it's not one of those things of like a of like an exterminator or a shield hero or a fucking wrong way to use healing magic where I think it like does something more than the rest of the genre. But it yeah, I think that's probably why I stopped reading it. It's like 
it's good for what it is, but it's it is just the genre. Yeah, it is a good isekai story. It is still kind of just an isekai story. Yeah. Uh, this other one is also a kind of thing of it is a good isekai story, but I think it's still just an isekai story. Um, okay, yeah. It seems the strongest job is not Hero or Sage, but Inspector Provisional instead. Okay, I think this is another one I read a couple gave up. Yeah, and that is 100% fair. So, main guy. He is... According to this, your average student is not listed name or anything, uh, but because fuck me, I guess, and wanting to fucking give this shit properly, let me go look up this fucker's name. Where the fuck is it? All right, um, Manabe Hibiki. Yeah, so he. He is your average, he's your average fucking student. Um, he's running the class and all of a sudden he's in a fucking grassy meadow. And spends about three days walking around it, trying to get out of it and just not being able to. Uh, and so like he, so he eventually finds out, hey, I'm in a fucking fantasy world. I got fucking fantasy skills or whatever. With main skills being inspect and world map. Which he find which he uses to find out, oh, I'm inside of a monster that is a grassy meadow. And he uses the map to get out of it. Uh meets a meets a girl, she's an elf. Thinks she she thinks he's a child and is like, I'm seventeen. It's like, oh bitch, why the fuck do you look like a why the fuck do you look like you're twelve? And then from there he just kind of goes off and learns that learns that a bunch of his skills, which are just kind of like, you know, standard RPG skills of like of like, hey, I have like some healing magic. I have a map. I have inspect. I have fucking like, I have fucking like information on things. Turns out those are like fucking S tier level skills. And then kind of from there, he just begins developing a fucking weird legend around himself, where he is like this really weak bitch who then becomes super good at shit and. I'm I'm doing a really bad job explaining it. Like I think I'm pretty sure this is the series I've read a I've read a bunch recently, but I'm pretty sure this is the series where like he ends up being called the Bunny Hunter. Uh, okay. Because like in this world, rabbits are like there's a there's a species of rabbit that will only attack things that are that are weaker than him. And so and so he keeps getting attacked by rabbits. So it's like oh motherfucker. Like, let me, I want to double check this because I, I think it's like, I think there's like a different series that has a similar kind of thing to it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of an entirely different series. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. With this one, uh, he has all these fucking skills and it's like, Oh God, fucking all these skills are fucking awesome and stuff. Um, Oh, fuck. I. Yeah, this is something I actually just noticed about the series. I can't remember most of what happened in the series. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably explains why I gave up. Yeah, like it is a like when I'm reading it, 
it's fine. Like it is like it has enough jokes in it. Like the one joke that kind of sticks in my mind of this guy mainly develops a harem because the women think he's kind of cute because he looks like a child. Yeah, I vaguely remember that, which also makes me uncomfortable because that trope needs to die. But, yeah, uh, and then and then the other and then like the men in the world kind of get into him because he like sees them and is like, "Oh shit, you're ripped! I want to be like you." And he's like, "Well, come on, kid! I'll show you how to fucking do. I'll fucking show you how to fucking blast those loot glutes yeah, or whatever." I think that's the only thing I remember about this series is that he himself was aware of the fact that he looks like a skinny little bitch and is like, "No, that's not masculine. I want to be a man." Yeah, I want to be a man. That's about all I remember. <laughs> yeah, and that's the the other the other thing that is funny to me in this, at least. Uh, it does the thing that I really like that they do with gods of making the gods very human. Like the okay. god of gods in this world is just a fucking lazy shit. He's sp- like like a Hibiki spends the majority of his time just screaming at God, like "fuck you, you asshole." Like, like you get he, he ends up getting these two slaves that are like featured in the first chapter and then not seen again until like chapter fucking fourteen, where, where like one of them is this young girl and he and she has this power where she's like unable to control her fucking magic or whatever. And that was a fucking, and he's like, and he just kind of is like, Hey, this is, this is given to her by God. And so he screams at God. What the fuck, dude? Why would you give her this fucking power? He's like, well, it was just supposed to be a test. Fucking chill, dude. And then the God of magic who actually bestows that power shows up and fucking tortures him to death. And it's just like, Hey, yeah, sorry about that. Here's a skill to help. I'm a ghost. I'm a go put fucking red hot pokes up this dude's asshole for three days. Peace. It's it's a weird series that I enjoy when I read and then kind of immediately forget after I'm done reading it. Because there's nothing like super interesting about it. Like the idea of like provisional, like there's like inspector being the most powerful class. That could be an interesting idea, but they're kind of doing nothing with it. Because a lot of the stuff that like gives him the most powerful stuff is healing spells that he got from other places. Like it's not, it's not taking like the idea of an inspector and making it the most powerful thing. It's taking the idea of, Hey, yeah, the inspector, this inspector is the most powerful, not cause he's an inspector, but because the gods suck his dick all the time. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. Like it's not a going into this again. It's not a healing magic kind of thing where they are taking healing magic and using it in an interesting way to make it actually incredibly powerful. Like, the wrong way to use healing magic. That guy is real overpowered, but that's because healing magic had allowed him to train infinitely harder than anybody else. Yeah, like, they instead they built, like, what his key skill is around how he developed as a character. And they gave him a key skill and then had the gods make him broken. No, yeah, he developed that, and, like, his main fucking knockout move is I punch someone incredibly hard, but heal them at the same time so they don't take any real damage. They just feel the pain of it. Which, yeah, it's a fun idea. Yep. And in the story, it works. Because not because they've actually set it up that healers aren't a thing, really. So the fact that he is a healer throws a lot of people off guard, throws a lot of people off balance because they don't know how to fucking deal with them. And hell, exter- fucking Exterminator. Like, it's a... S- s- exterminator is s- more similar to this thing, but is... Better, better handled. 
because like because like, yeah he's the exterminator and everyone's like oh exterminator you're fucking taking on fucking like killing rodents or whatever that's fucking weak but he is powerful but he gets incredibly powerful like this stupid level because he is a modern day exterminator and knows modern day extermination tactics like exterminator isn't a class like he isn't a classed warrior or whatever he just kind of is and because he is he is stupidly powerful <sighs> there, there must soon be a week that goes by where we do not talk about a single Isekai story. I would like that. I'm getting burnt out on the entire genre. Despite well, the fact that every out. day I go and read a new Isekai story. Well, let's see, that's the thing. We've both been burnt out on the entire genre here now. It's just until the genre decides to do something else... We are anime and manga fans, so it's literally all we have most of the time. Yeah, Isekai dominates the anime and manga meta. So what the fuck are we gonna do? Run some weird fucking, run some weird death game jank? No, that won't work. Like, I mean, I want my Killing Bites back. I want, I would want another season of Killing Bites. I, I would like that kind of stupid back, but it's not gonna happen because it didn't do all that well. I'll just have so to what we need to do. So what we need to do is need to talk to the Killing Bites author and get him to change a series over into an Isekai series called Killing Bites. Uh, exact same story, just in a different world. <laughs> just main character is hit by a truck and then ends up in a world where the events of Killing Bites are happening. Then it'll pop off. <sighs> anyway. Uh... So yeah, last thing, last thing I have to talk about. It is not a Sky series. Shocking, and it's a new series. Even more shocking that it's a new series that's not Isekai. Yeah, it is kind of confusing though. So it's uh, called the Last Sayuki. It is a new series from Shonen Jump. Uh, it's I believe ten chapters at deep now. I'm not caught up. I'm only at like chapter fucking seven or whatever. Um. And I'm probably going to stop there. That boring, huh? No, not boring, just... Okay, so... Main character. Uh, I'm, I looked up his name earlier and I already forgot it. <laughs> you're, you're not selling me on this not boring thing, dead man. I'm not really trying to sell you on the not boring thing. Uh, of course, fucking... So, Ryanosuke... You can see why I forgot it. Yeah, so he is he is a young middle school whippersnapper. He loves himself some baseball. His mom is dead, and she also liked baseball. So, you know, that means it's important or whatever. Uh, he comes home one day, and his dad, who is like a priest at a temple or whatever, is sitting there, is standing there with a girl in a wheelchair who is blind and has no arms and no legs. So, Ryanosuke rolls up and is like, hey, this is Koharu. She's your sister now. Quit baseball. Take care of her all the time. Which, naturally, engenders a bit of hatred. Yeah, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, which leads to her having a fucking heat stroke and almost dying. 
So his dad slaps the shit out of him and then locks him in a fucking dark room in the temple where he slowly goes insane thinking a giant monster is behind him about to kill him. At which point his sister, again, who has no arms, no legs, and no eyes, uh, headbutts the giant wooden pillar in front of the door off of the door and thus freeing him. And he's like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I ever fucking hated you. You are... You're my sister. I loves you. At which point we learn what the part, plot of the story is. Uh, she has the power to make people make people's worst fears materialize. And the only way to stop him is with Nyoibo. I think. Okay. So it is real dumb and explained poorly. But the basic idea from what I understand after having reread the chapter where they explained it just five minutes ago. So. People. Are afraid of what they don't. uh, So people are afraid of the impossible. Because of that, people have developed this weird fucking box called Mo. Where anytime they think of something impossible that they are terrified of, it gets put into this box and locked in there. Thus, it is incapable of existing. Koharu has some kind of magic power that when people see her do something, like fucking float or whatever, it, it opens them up to the idea that the impossible exists. Thus, opening their mo and letting their most base fears materialize as real monsters. That seems kind of unnecessarily complicated. It is. There's an evil organization out there that want to use her powers to destroy the world by just setting monsters loose across the fucking land. Um, Ryunosuke and his dad are descendants of a line of people that were given the Niwaibo by Son Goku. And it is their job to keep her safe and keep her keep her invested in humanity surviving. And if anybody's Mo or fucking whatever opens up, a monster materializes, they have to stop it using this fucking magic sticks, which I guess it's a fucking good thing. Our goddamn main character loves baseball because he can hit a home run by splatting a monster. Just goes, and then it goes, I, Yeah, I I don't This is bad in a lot of ways. It's bad in that there is there like so the fucking the relationship between our two main characters is not a real relationship. Like it it was literally it was literally, "Hey, this is your sister. I hate you. Oh god, I love you, my sister. I must protect you forever." That'll happen in one chapter. Oh, those are always fun. <laughs> like it was a longer chapter than most because it was the first chapter of the series, but it wasn't a fucking ex- ex- exceptionally long chapter. It was fucking like, I think like 40 pages. The okay. her what she can do doesn't really make sense to me. Like people like fucking 
this whole concept that people are able to fucking box up the impossible fears they have, but the second they see something that's actually impossible, that gets released into the atmosphere and makes fucking monsters. What? Okay. And then it also doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because the chapter that it, that is that this fucking plot story is revealed to the audience, we see someone who has already made someone unleash a monster that killed everyone. So we don't actually need her. They can already do that. So what? Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. You're, you've lost me completely. I'm just trying to. No, yeah, that is one hundred percent. That is one hundred percent fair, dude. I'm fucking lost, and I read the fucking thing. It just seems like a poorly put together story that somehow managed to get fucking published. Like, I can see an idea of what they are going for with this. I can see like this idea of having like fucking of making the most fucking girl that needs protecting. And then giving her and then giving her a fucking brother who uses a fucking baseball bat or whatever to fight monsters. That has the bones of a relatively solid shonen series. A very generic one, but one that could be well done. Yeah. This seems like it this seems like he was fucking like halfway through development, showed it to an editor, who then thought this was his final draft, and then said, Alright, make manuscripts out of these right now. Ah, so the Hunter X Hunter writer. <laughs> But, like, the art is actually really well done. Like, the art is, like, pretty standard, like, shonen art, but it looks good. It doesn't look like it was half-assed in the actual, like, art department. It was just, it was half-assed in every other asset. Which is just, I do not know how this actually made it to publishing as it is. Uh, The guy who made it, so we actually... His name is a uh, Daijiro Nonoe. I want to see if he's actually done anything else. Uh, okay, yeah. So the other series I think was Mudo Black. A series that I read a bit of and had, I believe, similar problems to. Where okay. it, it was a it was a martial arts series about a guy who developed a pacifist martial arts technique with a sword. That I talked about briefly on the show. I don't know. This guy just fucking has bad luck of having these potentially interesting ideas that aren't properly developed, and then are, and then he's given a, then he's given serialization before he can actually properly flesh these things out. Like I don't know if he's just really good at sucking editor dick, or if like he's like has an in with someone, but I don't know how he keeps getting serialized. But yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I was so bored. I was reading about how Cameron Diaz was selling you Blade in Mortal Kombat. What? Uh, you cut out there for a bit for me. Uh, I was so bored that I was reading the story about how apparently Cameron Diaz was originally to play Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. Like the movie or Mortal Kombat, the most recent one? The movie. Okay. That'd be weird. Yeah. Like Cameron Diaz is kind of too big a name for that movie. Uh, not, not, not the time the movie. 
Yeah, not not the time that we came out, but just it. I kind of can't really fathom it thinking about it as I know about Cameron Diaz now. Yeah, because like her first, uh, the first Mortal Kombat movie came out in what ninety five, something like that. Yeah, and her first starring role was in The Mask in ninety four. So, yes, that would have been around the time where she could have done that. But yeah, no, I just can't really picture her in that role anymore. Yeah. Well, I can picture her better than, uh, what's her name, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Ronda Rousey's terrible. Like, what the fuck, Netherrealm? <laughs> like, she's not a very good actor, for one. And for two, just all the yeah, other shit surrounding I mean, her? Yeah, I mean, I've seen Fast and the Furious. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. She, she makes Gina Carano look like a thespian. Thank God she was only in one scene. Which I think she was only in because she saw Gina Carano, which she was better at. Yeah, and so she was like, hey, put me in there. All right, you get one fight scene with Michelle Rodriguez. And they're going to drive a car out of your fucking skyscraper. I still haven't seen Fast 8. Yeah, I haven't either, just because it seemed too stupid, even for... Furious. I kind of feel like I need to do it just because you know I'm dedicated. Just because yeah. you know I'm dedicated to the family. Yeah, like when I saw In Game, they were showing trailers. Jaw, and one of my friends turned to me and said, "Is it okay that I applaud how dumb this movie looks?" Oh no, yeah, it looks really dumb. I, I kind of with Jeff Gerson in this one, like fuck Shaw, he killed Han. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like the. It, it's kind of a become a running thing in the uh, Fast and the Furious franchise that uh, villains become heroes on the anti-hero side. Yeah, a little bit. Because, like, Hobbs was the antagonist to Dom in the fifth movie. Yeah, but, like, the actual antagonists. And the only reason... uh, I'm thinking the only reason... uh, uh, Shaw's brother didn't become a hero is because he died in six. Well, or, I think he didn't actually. Oh, actually he, he, I'm sorry. He put he was put into a coma in six and just never woke up. Yeah, uh, and also Phoenix never came back. Uh, the guy who uh, the guy who fucking quote unquote killed Letty. Yeah. And also, kind of, I was also part of me was kind of expecting Gal to too big a name at this point. Yeah, like or maybe she isn't. I don't know. Well, no, she like it's weird. Gal Gadot was kind of like launch padded into like more like mainstream no- notification, like that like higher echelon of actors from Fast and Furious, which is really weird to me. Yeah, just like hey, Fast and Furious launched Gal Gadot's career. Wait, what? That seems wrong. Yeah, like Fast and Furious is where you end up. Yeah. Not where you start. I mean, I guess technically uh, Vin Diesel's career got launched by Fast and the Furious, but that's because he was at the start of it. Yeah, and like he kind of already had a bit of a career. Kind of? It was a small one, but people knew who he was. Like fucking people still love Pitch Black. Wasn't that after the first Fast and the Furious? No, I think it was before. Uh... Uh, let me double check. All right, so first Fast and Furious was 2001. 
Oh, uh, yeah, Pitch Black was 2000. You're right. Yeah. So about simultaneous. <laughs> yeah, probably the second filming ended on Pitch Black. He started filming for Fast and Furious. Yeah. So fair enough. Like, it was so close together, I was having trouble remembering which one was. I kind of want to watch Pitch Black again, see if I still like it. I still like it. It's a it's a tad slow in the beginning. Oh. Like its biggest problem is that its first act is too long. I think because its premise is so simple that in order to get it to feature, like it has to stretch out the first act a fair bit. Yeah, like try to build up Riddick as a but character. It's still my favorite. Yeah, it's still my favorite Vin Diesel movie though, and it's the best of the with the. Film just called Riddick being the second best because it's basically just pitch black, but not quite as good. Yeah, and then Chronicles of Riddick, <laughs> which is I, I, like I don't hate that movie as much as other people. No, like, do. It, it's not terrible. It's just it takes itself so seriously. Yeah, no, it it's too much of a tonal shift from what it was before. Yeah, like Pitch Black is a fine. It's like a fine sci-fi horror movie built around a built around a kind of interesting character. Yeah. But then going to pit, going to fucking Chronicles of Riddick and they're like, "Oh, we can build an epic out of this." Yeah, I'd like to meet whoever and clearly I was about to say I'd like to meet whoever that person is and smack them. And clearly Vin Diesel wanted to do too because in like I don't know if you ever heard this, but the whole the only reason he agreed to come back for Fast Four and stay with the series is if they sold him the rights to Pitch Black. Yeah, Rick. yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel. He is he's weirdly protective of his IP. Yeah, he, he weird he, he's weirdly protective of what he cares about, like how he made D and D characters. Yeah. Anyway, still have, not, still have not seen that movie. Yeah, me either. I th- I think I saw the like sponsored bit the Critical Role guys did with him for that movie. Okay. Where I think they actually, I think Matt Mercer actually built the Witch Hunter as a class. Okay. Anyway, that's good for this week. Thank yeah. you for joining us. We'll be back. Some point more of this shit. I'm fucking hungry. Until then, I'm dead. I'm Birdie. We'll see you guys next time. Triangles. They're my favorite shape. <laughs>